This episode brought to you by Audible. Audible. Oh my God, Mikey. <laughs> AudibleTrial.com slash version for 30 days free in a book to get you started. And for that book recommendation, Mikey. All right. I have a food related book. It's the second novel by the guy who wrote Mr. Penumbra's 24 hour bookstore, which is a good book. Okay. So the sequel is called Sourdough and it's about a, <laughs> it's about a sourdough that may or may not be alive. Like the tomatoes in the movie mm. today. And uh, this... <laughs> Is sourdough one of those kinds of breads where you have to get a starter and you pass yes, it around it's, to yes, people? It's, it's, it's about like a special magic starter that might mm, be alive. Maybe and, it becomes self-aware. <clears throat> right. Oh. And it causes some good and bad things in the main character's life. Really? I don't remember her name, but it was a good book. All right, guys. Check out Sourdough by Robin Sloan with your 30 days free from audibletrial.com slash horror virgin. This episode also brought to you by Nick B. Hey, Nick B. What's his fun fact this week? I don't know. You weren't here to make him up the past few weeks, so we had to like just free ball it. Did he have any fun facts that I missed? No. All right. This week's fun fact about Nick B is that he's left-handed and prefers left-handed people to right-handed people. He prefers left-handed people to right-handed people? Look, I'm not Nick B. I don't judge. (laughs) I don't know why he would do that, but that's what he said. I'm sure Nick B is lovely. I'm sure he loves people of both-handedness. Yeah. I think over there, though, the right-handers are left-handed. Oh, really? Do they left on the the right side of the hand? Hey, listen, I've been over there. Oh, Oh, uh, They do drive on the wrong side of the street and really love their roundabout. Do they? Oh, yeah. Nick B. also wants you to check out God Country, godcountryfilm.com for more information about that. It's an awesome movie that's yeah. being made currently by the modern horrors people. I think they're in the editing phase right now. They've shot the already? whole already? I think so, yeah. God, that's amazing. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. <laughs> that movie came out like three weeks ago. Go what? check it out. <laughs> oh, and if you guys want your very own Patreon shout out, go to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin and sign up for our Burn It Down level. I'm going to bring in that theme music. Everyone, <laughs> holy shit! I'm Jen. Jen. Yeah, you are. I'm Mikey, and I'm the horror version Todd. And today we watched Attack um, of the Killer, killer Tomatoes. Attack <laughs> of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. I've never seen this movie. This is my first time seeing it. I did see the cartoon growing up as a kid, and this movie was insane. So when you went downstairs, I was talking to Jen about this, and we were talking about how it was so bad it's watchable. Like there's this middle space where it's like if you aim to be good and miss, it's a horrible movie. Mm-hmm. These guys aim to be bad and nailed it. Yeah. And it was very watchable. Like I enjoyed watching this movie, but it was horrible. Yeah, I'd say it's so bad it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's so bad it's great. Like it didn't get to those like House 2 is so bad it's, it's fucking great. amazing. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen House 2, fucking watch yeah, House dude, 2. Yeah, dude, it's on Shutter right now. This movie was so bad it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's it's watchable. It, yeah. Like for as low budget and as truly shitty as it is, <laughs> it's just slapstick comedy. It's like a National yeah. Lampoon the tomato movie. And yeah, it yeah, reminded yeah. me a lot of um, Robin Hood Men in Tights too. I could see that except Robin Hood Men in Tights just fucking nails it. it and does. Mel Brooks is awesome. I picked this film. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this last time. So my, my grandmother passed away. And one of my favorite childhood memories of her, her was she had neck surgery. And like... <laughs> 
so she couldn't move. Right. And so she's like, I, I don't know why I found that funny. I, I'm sorry, Jen. <laughs> Jen's like, what? it was funny because she couldn't turn her neck. So I would always make fun of her, like turning my turning my whole body. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I thought it was funny because she couldn't turn away from the shitty movie you made her watch. Like in my mind, that's what I was. Saying. No, yeah. <laughs> she does like the Terminator turn where she like turns her whole body. So like we're in the middle of watching this movie and she like, this is terrible. <laughs> and like turns with her whole body. So, so she, oh, that's funny. because she couldn't leave, she would like take, take me to the video store. And I was staying with her uh, during her recovery and I was like 10 or 11 or something. Right. But right at the time I fell in love with house too. And then, and uh, I was just a rented a bunch of movies and I rented it because of the cover with all the tomatoes killing people in the cover. And she hated it. <laughs> and then she would bring it up every time I saw her for the next uh, rest of my life until she passed away. So it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> And she rubbed my she like rubbed it in my face that it was terrible until the end of time. So she didn't like it. No, she hated it. <laughs> All right, let's get into this fucking movie. All right, so we start with some text on the screen about the birds. Yeah, about something. Alfred Hitchcock and the birds. Yeah, I read and it. Was, I'll tell you what it said. All right, it said, Mikey. At so and so year, the birds came out and everybody laughed because birds were not going to come and hurt us, or whatever. And then it said five years later, a bunch of birds flocked at some place. And they couldn't get them out. And they said, who's laughing now? It's a very weird opening. It is very weird. And yeah. then we get a woman who is washing a whole tomato in her sink. The I know she was washing a plate in her sink. Oh. And then moved the plate to the drying rack and then screamed because a full ass tomato was in her sink. We no, have- she didn't scream until it started bouncing around her sink. And well, doing. <laughs> what is that sound? Like that That's makes- tomato murder sound. Oh, they wrote a whole language with a tomato like Tolkien. They did. And it's, uh, let, let me talk to you in tomato. It's a... <laughs> the master of disguise did learn their language, so it is learnable. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if Duolingual has it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she no, gets murdered by a tomato. tomato. Yeah. yeah. And she looks down, she has a and then she screams, and then we have Attack of the Killer Tomato. Yeah, and it's the opening credits where all they had was a camera, a sheet of glass, a ladder, and a shitload of tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, some humor. <laughs> there were some funny shit in that uh, oh, opening yeah. credits. There sequence. was like, they had some crazy things in the credits. Like, yeah, like remember the best furniture deals in town or here at Sunnyvale Furniture Store. Yeah, and like gave directions like yeah, it's the Milton exit off, of, like, right. what are off the turnpike. My favorite one is this space available, call 1-800. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. this movie's ahead of its time because movie theaters do that now. That's yeah, right. They yeah. do. This is before Tommy Two-Tone ruined phone numbers in movies because it was a, <laughs> it was an actual phone number. Yeah, now everything has to be 555. Yeah, it's not 8675309. Is that a law? Yes. In order for them to put an actual phone number in movies, they have to own that phone number. It also said that it was based on the book The Tomatoes of Wrath. Which is not true. No, no. But a play on the Grapes of Wrath, to be sure. Welcome to Todd Explains Jokes. Oh, I thought you were going to say Todd Explains Books. It's like a movie, but longer? And with pages and words. Uh, And hard for me to digest. Oh, you'll get there, Todd. No, it's not a matter of like, I can't read. I read a lot every day for my job. I just hate it, and it's not an effect effective form of communication for me. Dude, okay, so I used to read a lot before I went to bed, and now I've just been listening to Audible all the time because it's so much easier. I you know? Dial it back, dial it back. Someone's <laughs> obviously been paid off by Big Audible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then we see the bloody corpse on the floor of the woman who is was washing. Is it bloody washing. or is it <laughs> It's dust? not, in fact, bloody. No. It's- 
It's tomato juice, yes. whoa, 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 not whoa. blood. Did you just become an evil goldfish? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is. I love that the detective was like, I don't know if that's blood. Let me dip my finger in it yes. and taste it. it. You have to be Attack of the Killer's Tomatoes insanity level well, to want to do or that. a vampire. <laughs> okay, so now we have old man choking on tomato juice and super old couple hearing like Timmy getting killed by the tomatoes. You don't even see a tomato. You just see an old dude sitting next to, you assume is white. And he's reading the paper and he's like, oh, hey, look, there's a big ass tomato. And she's like, oh, a big tomato. And then he's like, oh, oh. it's just eight Timmy. Oh, no, that's no, Timmy. Yeah, yeah, Timmy was a sweet boy. Okay, this, I'm jumping ahead. When Mason Dixon goes to visit that man to get clues or whatever, <laughs> that man is trying to sell him a used crib. <laughs> Because Timmy died. No, I didn't. Oh my god! I looked at Mikey and I was like, "What? Did it have (laughs) tomato juice stains on it?" You you don't actually see the crib. He just mentions it. But yeah, it was hilarious. (laughs) Poor baby Timmy. Yeah, well, I mean, he should have been playing outside when tomatoes attacked. That scene was actually inside. What? were looking out their window. It was like in the living room. No, they room. were looking on what? the other you, side of the room. You hear, you? The, you hear the wall break down. What? <laughs> like Kool-Aid Man. This is insane. Dude. So it's just the old man sitting in his living room with his wife. The wall breaks down and eats their kid and the tomato leaves. Yeah. yeah. They show no emotion. No, she's knitting. <laughs> Some people have parents like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was the 70s. So now we get to the helicopter crash. Oh, wait, oh no. my God. It's a battle. First off, there's a lot of police officers shooting tomatoes. Yeah. And yes. these are like high, like ranking officials in the, the administration, like the secretary of agriculture and like police. Two scientists or something. Yeah. Well, of course you would have the secretary of agriculture. Agriculture is attacking us right That's now. So true. you got to include that guy. Of and course. so they're in like fields with um, like vegetable, like giant vegetable gardens. And I, tomato fields, maybe it's definitely maybe. tomato fields. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. And so then a helicopter comes out of the sky. And it's like one of those MASH helicopters yeah. that's like not made for anybody. I think that's what all helicopters looked like back then. I yes. wasn't there. <laughs> the answer is probably yes. But the helicopter crashes and explodes. Ball of fire explosion. It looks so authentic. I thought they accidentally crashed the Me helicopter. Me too. I thought they just like fucked up and like they had to roll with it. Dear God. They did accidentally crash a helicopter <laughs> and had to roll with it. What? Oh my God. That's what my fun facts. Yes. No, oh no one was hurt. Uh, no one was seriously hurt. But yeah, they. it was supposed to just land. And so it hit one of the rudders on the ground and it just started That's spinning around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that All looks, of that is on film. You right. see that on camera. Yeah, and because they accidentally filmed it and they used it because and they rented this helicopter too. Oh, I hope they got so, insurance. I yeah, know, man. I watched that and I was like, that crash looks so it real. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but they show the wreckage. It's like a ball of fire. It it's is, It's actually yeah. hilarious because it cuts to three guys in suits just walking next to the wreckage. They're like, that was scary. Right. And they're like, what happened to the pilot? Who cares? Yeah, don't worry about the pilot. He'll be fine or whatever. Right. And then cops shooting tomatoes with shotguns. And then, yes. the, and then the secretary of agriculture was like, a tomato flew into the helicopter and made it crash. Oh, and they so have like, the, uh, the tomato flying the helicopter? Yeah, they have like the Red Baron flying the, this World yeah. War One plane. And they kept saying, tomatoes can't fly helicopters. Tomatoes can't fly airplanes? Well, tomatoes can't kill you either. Well, this is a good plot point. I don't know if you guys heard this, but those three guys were like, we need to put the most incompetent people we can find on this investigation. Mason Dixon. Did they actually say that? Yeah. They said incompetent They're going to find, we're going to find the worst generals no one has ever heard of. They're the worst special forces. 
Yeah, is that and really they pulled what out saying? a picture of Mason Dixon. Yeah, and, the, and the, the scientists that no one knows about, we got to cover this all up. I did not realize that that was happening. See, this is where it differs from the book uh, that I've read, Tomatoes of Wrath. <laughs> in the book, Mason Dixon's very, very important. Yeah. He's still important in the film. <laughs> this is when we cut to them collecting the team of undesirables. Yeah. <laughs> have the generals and the scientists all go into the broom closet conference room. Dude, with like some elementary school maps on the wall. This, at this point, this is when I realized I was like, oh, this is like a National Lampoon movie. Yeah, they're going like, for this to be yeah, this stupid. I got a lot more on board with it at this point mm-hmm. because it took me 10 minutes to realize what they were trying to do. And I'm on board for it, man. From this point on, I was like, let's do this. It's going to be batshit insane. I'm going along for the ride. Right. I loved it. So there was a table in this room that, and this, the room is so small that there is only enough room for this table and all of the chairs and you can't scoot the chairs back from the wall at all. They're touching the wall. So everybody just has to crawl over the table to get into this room. And it's actually Yeah, you're watching funny. men in their 40s and 50s scoot their butts <laughs> like cats <laughs> with ringworm across the top of the table it is really to funny. get to their chairs. Funny. I wonder at what scene my grandmother was like, this sucks so bad. This scene? Yeah, it was probably this scene <laughs> when she realized, oh, I get they're doing something really stupid that I don't want to be a part of. But I Let- can't move my neck and so I yeah. can't turn away. I'm going to turn my entire torso over to my grandson and verbally berate him for making me watch this. Yes, from the recliner across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But this is also a very problematic scene with how they treat one member of the team. This was 78, I think. Yeah, mind you, this is 78 and we have come a long way since 1978. So there's a Japanese American scientist. Yes. And everything he says is overdubbed. Like a samurai movie from Japan that's like dubbed in English. And then he's explaining something, and then he knocks a picture of the USS Arizona into the aquarium. Into the fish, fish tank. tank. And it sinks. And it makes a bomb noise, <laughs> which is the battleship they, the Japanese sunk in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And some of these jokes didn't age well. No. <laughs> No, I bet it was real funny at the time, you know, when it was... In certain circles, maybe. When it was cool to be racist, I guess. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And this is stuff I didn't even, like, get as a kid. Oh, I'm sure not, no. Because this happened, I was like, ooh. But, I mean, you were probably a kid in the late 80s, or you probably probably saw this early 90s. Yeah, I probably saw this in the early 90s. We've come a long way even since then. So I bet it was funny then, too. Mm, Yeah. It's a little bit highbrow for 10-year-old me. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I would have laughed at that just because it's a Japanese guy knocking something into something. Like, it was physical comedy at the very least. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, this is pretty racist. Well, and then they specifically say there's, it's a little bit, I don't want to say what they say, but it's a racial slur. Well, it's a little bit jippy outside? There's a little Jap in the air. Whoa, Jen, how could you say that? Do you guys see how I made her say it? I feel like I'm not coming off very well in this No, I mean, honestly, all you're doing is just saying a line that's in the movie. I was sitting next to her. <laughs> I laughed at this point, too, because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe people made that m- into a movie. And they had just said, tomatoes are fags. Oh, yeah. That is a direct quote oh, from the movie, yeah. not something I, I would like, ever say. It's fruit. And oh, I my heard- God, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Attack not- of the Killer Tomatoes, do better, man. Don't make those jokes. Anyways, I do not believe that. I did say that, but I was quoting the movie, just putting it on record. 
I'm only laughing at you taking this long to get the joke, not the joke. <laughs> yeah. For the record. Absolutely. I was just so shocked. I don't know. That tiny table was pretty funny. Too. <laughs> it was. I mean, ultimately, this was a funny scene. There's some problematic shit in it. But I wouldn't yeah. do think this is the only time there is problematic stuff in it. No. We'll get to some other stuff. Jake <laughs> yeah. took meticulous notes. <laughs> I really did. Oh, shit. I, oh, I mean, prejudice. with the Japanese guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's stuff with the reporter for sure after this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, I do think it was not appropriate at the time, but I think it was a little more acceptable at the time. But now there's no way that shit would fly. No. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was laughing because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is in a movie. Exactly. At, at, from any time <laughs> period. But yeah. All right. So now we have, he's parading somebody around the scientist laboratory or something. And we get the weird orange jumpsuit robot man. Yeah. Like, some of these scenes don't uh, make any so sense. So the joke was they built a robot to fight the tomatoes, but they only had the budget to replace one of his limbs. That's why he says runs. He runs in a circle. Oh. oh and then he okay. jumps sideways and dies. Yeah. The robot dies, I think. Oh, my God. And then- it was real dumb. But there are a lot of really, really short scenes that feel like they're like rejected Saturday Night Live sketches. Yes. Or but- like this would be an entire episode of the cartoon series that actually later <laughs> on got, got made. This is when we meet our experts and we've got John Smith or somebody, the disguise expert. Yes. Who's wearing one of those Groucho Marx glasses with mustache and nose thing. Yeah. I mean, we meet that guy, Master of Disguise. We meet Scuba Guy and we mm-hmm. meet Swimmer. Oh, no. No, she's a Russian. She's a USSR, Russian steroid like, swimmer. And a little drummer boy following them out the door. <laughs> well, it's like the little drummer boy isn't mentioned. You just hear like in the music. And then you see all of them walk out of the room, followed by little drummer boy, who's not at all playing what you hear on the screen. <laughs> and Mason thinks it just looks like some 70s guy in a suit. But he's like, he looks like Ron Jeremy. No, he does Ooh. not. He is as tall as Ron Jeremy's dick is. He's a very Ron small Jerry's man. very short. Well. <laughs> Depends on where you start measuring. Yeah, not when he's laying down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I don't know. Oh, I do declare. <laughs> anyway, right. Mason Dixon visibly upset that his special agents really suck. They are yeah. terrible. Also, two are water-oriented. She's a Russian swimmer and one's a scuba diver. I know. And one of them is a master of disguise. And the fourth one, he has to go meet somewhere at a certain coordinate. Oh, that's Parachute Man? Yeah, Parachute oh, Man, okay. Okay, in. that yeah. makes sense. I just thought a parachute <laughs> guy flew out of the sky. Yeah, well, and that's why they're he's like dropping each one of them off in their sectors or whatever. Well, we, which, they don't explain it. We had to figure that out. I know. He we just had, stops the car. He's like, get out. <laughs> like You're got, free. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. What's Woo. next, Jim? All Holy right, shit. next is the Jaws 2 boat scene. Or are oh, they on this like float God. boat Yeah, thing. so every scene transition that doesn't involve the main plot cuts away to some ridiculous tomato death. Yeah, and this is straight out of Jaws 2, which is a good movie. I um, haven't even seen the first Jaws. Oh, you will. No, this is Jaws 1, I believe. This is Jaws 2. I mean, I don't know if it's no, directly because he's in the lagoon. Yeah, and they're on those kinds of boats for a long time in Jaws 2. Yeah, but in Jaws 1 is the scene because he wasn't with the son to go on the beach. He said he could go in the boat. Holy bay. shit, guys, it's Jaws. <laughs> it's well, of- actually, it's <laughs> Jaws 5, Revenge of the Jaws. Okay. Revenge of Jaws is Jaws 4. You get me a what? <laughs> that exists? Oh, yeah. He uh, hunts yeah. down the widow Amity. <laughs> and Jaws and is her to death on the an shark, island. The shark yeah. goes to get revenge? Yeah. And has come back for Hold a- on. I'm going to blow your mind. Michael Caine is in that movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> is this a comedy? No. Not what? an intentional one. <laughs> Holy shit. Really? Yes. 
Oh my god. Put it Jaw, on the list. Jaws 3 is my favorite because it takes place at SeaWorld Ooh. and Kurt Russell's in it. And it's no, it's not Kurt Russell, it's Dennis Quaid. Oh, but better than How Kurt did Russell. How you confuse those two? And it's in 3D. Oh my god. Jaws is coming right at you. We've got to move on, but yeah. this is something we need to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> two Jaws for uh, Horror Jaws Virgin. is one of my favorite franchises. It holds up. It sounds like some of them don't. Jaws 3 is not my favorite. Alright, so anyways, they're talking about the president. Maybe someday we'll get a good president. And then the tomatoes jaws attack them from underwater and we hear like a bubble version of <laughs> and it's the jaws theme that's playing in as well. well it's not the jaws theme well, it's like a faux it's jaws. almost the jaws <laughs> it's a theme. close enough to jaws theme that we don't get sued jaws theme right. yeah my favorite part of the scene is that the little boy climbs back into the boat and then knocks his sister off yes. and she dies yeah yeah it is really funny it's physical comedy yeah <laughs> So, yeah, that's just one of the weird cutaways. It then cuts to what, Jen? Um, the press conference. Oh, yeah, where we meet the press secretary. Mm-hmm. And I think we've already met him. He's the one who kind of looks I like think, a little bit like Charles Grodin. Yeah, he, I think he was on the helicopter crash. Oh, yeah, he was one of the ones riding the helicopter. He was also in the table scene. Yeah, yeah, he's the last one who didn't have to crawl over the table. I but think. he's, like, answering stupid questions that the press is asking, mm-hmm. and then they're, like, dismissing them, and then yeah. one eight-year-old boy from the back says, well, actually, uh-huh. I have a question. And uh-huh. the press he secretary... Goes, I'm with blah, 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 middle school newspaper, yeah. mm-hmm. and I have a question. What about the tomato menace? Yeah. Yeah. And then he denies, denies, denies it, but said that they're investigating. They're pushing it to Congress to investigate. He pulls a real Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> on this. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, it's not when we're to classify it as a menace. Mm-hmm. It's more like a problematic situation that you don't even have to worry Your about. Your press credentials are revoked. We'll just call these, <laughs> we'll call these alternative tomato facts. <laughs> Those rumors are seedless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to say this once because this thing is a little bit funny, but not so funny. There's a committee meeting that's ongoing, and it's a bunch of old guys who are talking about why they can't remember a meeting, and they've decided not to do anything. And one of them is missing their top secret pamphlet on what's going on. Right, right. But we do realize in the next scene after that, that the person who was missing their pamphlet on the top secret information about what's going on with the tomatoes is because the editor-in-chief of the Evil newspaper, newspaper Tooth it. Man got it. The editor-in-chief is yelling at his assistant man question mark <laughs> uh, to get him these various reporters one of which he fired one of which is in Guadalajara or mm-hmm. whatever and so he's like well who's available and Lois Fairchild Lois society Fairchild, yeah. section and he's like well get me society sections well he sends the, the, the assistant to go get her yeah and in the meantime we cut to a dirt bike man who's getting eaten by a tomato after sexily driving his dirt bike oh, past some ladies I wouldn't say he's sexually a, doing anything he's just in a race. dirt bike oh, race right but the ladies who were like at stand eight or whatever are like, oh, Ooh. oh, he jumped that jump like a jumping jumper. Mm-hmm. And like then he whatever goes off track and gets eaten by a tomato oh, and this chick starts in. screaming. Um, Charles Grodin and one in his like accomplice or something, they go driving off into the grass to try to find him and the, the car gets attacked by tomatoes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's the two detectives <laughs> yeah, from the yeah. first scene. Mm-hmm. They have all these tomatoes are getting thrown at the car. <laughs> I would have loved to have been a tomato thrower in that scene. I know, scene. that would be fun. But it's just two adult men in this car getting tomatoes thrown at them. This shoot must have been insane to 
a witness. I know. No, it's the two scientists, not the detectives. That's the right. Yeah. The ones yeah, yeah, who yeah, said yeah, we have to put incompetent like, people on. This. One's like, I quit. I BLT told you so. That <laughs> 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 this was a bad idea. And then the tomatoes broke the glass and got them. Yeah, yeah killed both of them. I believe you don't see any of it because there's no budget in this film. <laughs> you just see RC car tomatoes <laughs> being driven around. Mm-hmm. Now we Ooh. get Lois Fairchild getting sexually harassed by her boss. Yeah, because it was the 70s, and apparently that was still cool. The yeah, that's mark. how you was motivate a joke people? about sexual harassment or actual sexual harassment. Okay, I think so maybe the a little law, both. <laughs> the law against sexual harassment was passed in the 70s. I'm not sure when it was, but it was in the 70s. But she is straight up told that she should do anything up to and including have sex with whoever she needs to to get the story. The editor says she has like a nice ass to get yeah. the story done. I've been to watching your work. You do good job and you got a nice ass. Yeah. But uh, credit, they do the camera work in such a way that it really makes him look creepy. Like, it, it's her perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does show her reaction to that as like, what a dick. Right. So I do But think- then she does it. She goes along with it. But yeah, so she accepts the assignment. And but then she leaves. gets up and walks away smiling like, well, hey, yeah, I got she- an assignment. Yeah. This is like a big promotion. Okay, so now we go to the Oval Office. That's got wood paneling on the wall behind <laughs> it. And it's square. Yeah, it's clearly square. And yeah. it's just the president sitting at a desk with his secretary handing him pens. And a giant red plastic phone. <laughs> anyway, so the president is just signing paper. And then crumpling the paper up and throwing it away. And the press secretary's in there talking about tomato problems. He's like, what are we going to do? And the president was like, I'm all out of ideas, but I think you go to my marketing firm. This whole plot line made no sense, but I'm glad it was in there. (laughs) For reasons we will get to shortly. Oh, yeah. They saved my second term after I lost the Statue of Liberty on the uh, the loan collateral. For the Suez Canal or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Because he used the Statue of Liberty as loan collateral and then defaulted on that alone so the statue of liberty is now in like the dead sea yes yeah and he's Ugh. talking about how he used this company called mind maker to put out ads that may have convinced the public about things that were not true to get him elected shadily wow this is topical i mean we are living <laughs> we are living attack of the killer tomatoes right now <laughs> right except instead of tv ads they would just be facebook ads exactly. targeting your parents mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust the tomatoes yep um, all right so now we've got the fia unmarked car is that supposed to be cia i, I don't know I I feel, like that, <laughs> I feel like that's supposed to be a joke, but I just don't I get it. I think it's something we missed because like they're talking about the, all the army people have FIA on their shoulders. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so they're driving around in their car listening to Puberty Love. Yes. and every, Which is a song that's going to keep coming back. It's like the number one single in the country right mm-hmm. now. And, and it's terrible and everyone hates it. And yes. scuba feet's just like flapping his scuba feet out the window in the breeze. And we've got disguised man dressed as Abraham Lincoln. Oh my God. And so they stop and they let <laughs> the Russian oh. swimmer off into yeah. the woods. This is when they're dropping them off in their sectors. Right. Even though we didn't know what, what they were doing in the moment, <laughs> we realized this much later in the movie what's actually happening in this scene. But right. yeah, so they drop off the swimmer in the woods. Yeah. They drop off the scuba diver. The scuba diver. And then this is where Jen, what is what is the master of disguise dresses Abraham Lincoln? Who's black say? You're free! Yeah. And then he gets back in the car and the uh-huh. scuba diver just walks just away. The best away. part is, is like 20 cuts later, you just see him getting in a fountain out of city and swimming around in the fountain, scuba diving in it. Yes. Yeah. And you never see him again in the no. whole film. No. no. He 
survives. Yeah, he's looking for facts. <laughs> okay, and then Master of Disguise Man is dressed as Hitler. Yes. Yes. And this is where we meet Jim because he parachutes onto the top of the car. I've just called him Parachute Man and all Parachute of Man is yeah. Jim. And the only reason I know that is because I was looking at, at IMDb during the movie to see if any of these motherfuckers ever worked again. <laughs> and the answer is for most of them, absolutely not. Right. <laughs> Some of them did though. Some of them did. None of them worked after 1989 though <laughs> yeah um okay so then guy parachutes on top of the car <laughs> although it's clearly just people shaking the car outside and then they cut back and the guys landed on top of the car yeah. um and then he sees i called him notler um and he tries Nottler? to attack <laughs> he tries to attack this guy with a sword that he is parachuted yeah, he says, on top oh my of God, the car Hitler, he draws yeah, his the, sword. the one thing you don't want on you when you're parachuting is a sharp pointy object yeah and but then, yeah. although you might need it to cut your parachute off after you're not flying through the air anymore. Yeah, well, that's not a problem for this guy. He's very no. attached to his parachute like it's his night night mm-hmm. and he can't sleep without He's it. He's just training like, to get his sprint time up. That's true. <laughs> He's got that football combine yeah. next week. He's got to make sure he's got the sprint on point. He's got to run with that parachute on. <laughs> anyway, he does see the black guy dressed as Hitler, who is the master of disguise, and he tries to attack Notler. Because he put thinks him. he's Hitler. Yeah. That's how good the disguise was. I know. So Parachute Man gets tackled by Mason Dixon because he's a trying to kill fake Hitler. Right. And he's like, that's not <laughs> Hitler. That's our disguise expert. He's a master of disguise. That's why. Okay, so then we see people laying on the floor at a grocery store and like stop motion of tomatoes just like moving around on their bodies. (laughs) It's really funny. It's really stupid though. Like it's (laughs) there's no context. It's just like one of those in between scene scenes. Yeah, it might as well have yakety sacks playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. I watched a lot of weird stuff as a kid. Yeah, we're starting to see that too, Mikey. (laughs) You should have had your video rental privileges revoked. Yeah. Absolutely after this movie. And I'll say people at Blockbuster just pull you over to the side and like Mikey. Okay, so now we get to mind makers. This is the best scene in the movie. This is bonkers. You just have to see it because it's a guy. It's leisure suit. Mr. Miyagi. Oh, wait, is this? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. And this is right before this. They show clearly San Francisco because it's got Alcatraz in the back and it says New York on it. I didn't know why you were talking about New York. Did you know, and then when it comes no, to actual New York, it says New York question, question mark, mark later yeah. in the oh, film. Oh, so dumb. Gosh, I mean, it was really funny, dumb. though. He's like marketing. He's in marketing. He is, yeah. So he's like an advertiser. And the press secretary's meeting with him mm-hmm. because the president told him to go talk to this guy because this guy from Mind Makers. Yeah, they're going to sell the tomato story. Right, they're going to sell a spin on the tomato story where it's actually good for the nation. This scene's straight up out of Mad Men. <laughs> it is. He yeah. is Don Draper. Yeah, he gets up and crumples up dollar bills and just throws them in the press secretary's face at one point. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi Don Draper calls the press secretary back into his office and they start talking about how they're going to spin this tomato story. He's all like, you want me to convince the nation that the tomatoes are good for everybody and you want me to convince them that there's not actually a lot of people dying. And he's like, whatever, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we got to scroll across the screen at this point. Oh, my the God. The furniture store ad from Sunnydale Furniture, Sunnyvale Furniture scrolling on the bottom. Yes, we did. And I yeah. think that's why I zoned out a little bit because I was just mesmerized. 
by this. Well, you know what brings you back? Oh, man, do I. Yeah, the <laughs> song starts and Mr. Miyagi advertiser stands up and starts singing. And he, I think, is sexually gratified by spinning chairs. I think so, too. <laughs> and it's very, like, Sprechenstima. Like, it's very, it's like sing-speaky, you know? Yes, he's very Willy Wonka-esque. Oh, yeah. yeah. This guy really shouldn't sing, but is singing. But, man, he goes for it. Oh, and I'll yeah. give it to him. Like, it's it's terrible but it sounds good and he, he commits is just, to it yeah it's like me at karaoke mikey you're amazing at karaoke but not because i could sing no you can't what's sing. your song you're horrible oh is I, it ring of fire no it's not it's uh you've lost that loving feeling it's oh. amazing jen there's <laughs> dance moves and so to prove that he's the best ad man in the world we get to watch a movie about a blind policeman oh my god and it's god. a policeman wearing dark glasses directed traffic and they're like He's like every other policeman. It goes on for a little bit. And he's like, mm -hmm. because he's blind. And the cars start <laughs> crashing uh -huh. all around And him. we see Charles Grodin's eyes like zooming in, getting wider and wider. We see another one of these where <laughs> we he, do. the second one is a commercial from Jesus Christ as a sponsor <laughs> of a certain company. It starts off Technotron. with, I'm Jesus Christ for Technotron. And he just said, it's the world's ultimate commercial and I've been working on it for years. Yeah. I mean, how long does it take to get Jesus Christ to be a ad man for you. I, don't know. I heard he's a real martyr. Days. Oh, man. What? That joke kills. Mm. But don't worry, it'll be back in three days. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jen. Nailed it! <laughs> like his hands and feet. <laughs> oh, Alright, so we got Parachute Man trying to set a Jim. tent. His name is Jim. Pardon me. Parachute Jim trying to, <laughs> to set up a tent on the sidewalk. Oh, my God. And we got four foot Mason trying to say, what the hell are you doing? And he said, but no fire. What am I going to do with all these marshmallows? And the marshmallows will continue through the rest of the movie. It'll never be funny, but it will be there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but Mason Dixon is like, hey, we're going to stay in that hotel over there. Yeah. But we can't afford two rooms. So you're sleeping on my couch. You're <laughs> <laughs> Lois Lane's on the case and she scams her. Her way into getting a key to Mason's room by just saying, oh, oh, oh I forgot mine. Oh, can yeah, I have she pulls one? like an Aaron Brockovich kind of move mm -hmm. and like sweet charms the desk dude into giving a key to room 401. Yeah. Seven. Is it really 407? Yeah. He just got Rain Man about the room. I know. You want to watch Judge Watner after this? How do you feel about Kmart? Well, Mikey hasn't seen Rain Man because that was the <laughs> easiest setup ever. <laughs> it's been a while and I'm like, uh. <laughs> Welcome back to Dad Explaining Jokes. All right. So Lois Lane is waiting in the corridor, waiting till dick o'clock. She's just tapping this key on her forehead. I don't think she tapped it on her forehead. She like touched it to her lips, deciding whether she could build up the nerve to go break into their room. Right. At like 1130. Yeah. What's her plan? What here? is she hoping to gain out know. of this? Because they're still in there. Oh, I know. Yeah. So what she does is she just opens the door and they're still in there. So she goes, oh. And Parachute I'm... Jim is asleep. Was he using his parachute as a blanket? I think he might have been. I think he was. Because yeah. he had his pajamas, which was like a full suit. Like a, <laughs> With like his a... like bullet vest over his pajamas. <laughs> it looks like a 1920s swimsuit. Yes, though. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so like she walks in and goes, oh, 
I thought this is my room. And he calls oh. her every word for a prostitute that he can think of. I think what the word you're looking for is sex, sex worker. Word. He calls her every word for a sex worker he can think of. <laughs> Strumpet. A trollop. Trollop. Lady of the night. A lady of the evening. Of the evening, pardon yeah. me. And then they all just go back to sleep. Yeah, and then everyone's the like, well, well, I okay. wasn't around back then. Is that what it was like? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many keys to hotel rooms have you just gotten from the desk and walked into their rooms? More than my fair share. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wanga blanger. Wanga blanger. I've given them out. <laughs> and then they never returned. <laughs> so now, the next day, Parachute Jim is wearing an apron and has cooked a delightful meal for Mason. And it looks delicious. Yeah, yeah but Mason a dick got, about it. Well, he got a phone call and had to leave, and it was 6.13 or something. 6.12. So he's being a dick because he got a phone call and had to run out. Mm-hmm. And, he, like, he walks past Jim, who's like... Wearing his full outfit with a apron over and it, having made and this. And the apron's over. Yeah, it. it's yeah. insane. Okay. So Mason Dixon like turns on the radio and there's like some special announcement from yeah. NBS, the mm-hmm. station that brings you the most current of newses. Mm-hmm. NBS, like, yeah. this, like this long diatribe <laughs> of like call sign and then like tagline. And then like this furniture store ad yes. thing. Yeah. And they're and just then, staring at the clock and the tension is mounting. And then they just leave. And right. They just leave. We never hear what the breaking no. news story was. Well, no. Everybody downstairs has a t- paper that reads tomato invasion. Yeah. The next scene may be my favorite of the movie. Oh, wow. Because this is when we see a child by a creek with his dog. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about this scene. This is amazing. We may have to reenact the scene because he says, what's that tomato coming over there? And then the dog says, well, the dog walks off frame going <laughs> to dog, check it out. The dog says, don't worry, I'll go see what it is. He says, well, gosh, Billy, I don't know. And that is actually what it sounds like. You just have to see this <laughs> to believe it. And then the dog gets tomatoed. They both get tomatoed. The yeah. next thing you see is just the fishing pole halfway <laughs> in the water. Oh, <laughs> poor dog. That dog. I don't care about that kid, but that dog, he could talk. Yeah. We were sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> Um, so we got army men. They have captured a giant tomato. Oh my god! Yeah. What we think is a it's giant like a beach tomato, ball sized tomato. They're yes, like, sir. We've caught a giant tomato, and it's in chains. It's yes, in ch- and it's like. Oh, spirit's been broken. And they're examining it and they're like, oh my God, this is just a cherry tomato. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. And then we see a giant tomato chasing down a woman with a shopping cart. This movie's insane. I still like it. Really it really is. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> you should see this movie. You should, yeah. should. You kind of just have to see it to but believe it's insane. it. insane. All right, so then we see our swimmer eating steroid cereal in the woods. Yeah, they look like Wheaties. <laughs> they look like Wheaties, but it just says steroids right. on it. And then she gets attacked by several tomatoes, and it looks like a dodgeball scene at one point. <laughs> Like she's tomatoes. the last yeah. one left in dodgeball. And you can just clearly tell it's just people throwing tomato balloons at her. Right. Yeah. Until a giant one rolls her down and then she gets squashed to death. And then Jim rolls up <laughs> carrying his parachute. Jim cuts his way through with his samurai sword. Yes. And then grabs her ass yeah. to make sure she's dead and kicks her a little bit. And then so. says, Mason wanted me to tell there are tomatoes in your sector. <laughs> Salutes her and walks away. Chop 
chopping the grass out of his way the whole time. So my favorite part is I didn't know if he could tell she was dead or not until like two scenes later. He's like, oh, yeah, she died of tomatoes. <laughs> like Jim. Jim's the worst. Yes, yes. he is. He's my least favorite part I of this entire movie. I did not like him at all. No. I loved him as a kid. All right. So now we're back at Mind Makers. Not Charles Grodin is pissed off. And I wrote down. Not Judas. Charles Grodin? Oh, the press secretary. The press secretary yeah, yeah. is pissed off. I wrote down that dude is going to sing again, but he doesn't. Oh, my God. It seemed like he was, though. I know. I thought, he was oh. getting up, but he doesn't. He, he shows him his marketing pitch. Which is Red tomato plants. plants versus nuclear power oh plants. And it's about as bonkers as it sounds. Tomatoes yeah. don't explode. Nuclear plants do explode. All right. So tomatoes are attacking everywhere. And I love this because it's... Tomatoes are attacking Boston. And then a group of seven people running across oh, a brick yeah. wall. And then tomatoes are <laughs> attacking. And it's the and same people running, running across back. the other way. Yeah, East and then Coast, West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, and they do it like five or six times. Yeah. And then we get a voiceover saying, anytime people even heard the word tomatoes, it was enough to cause panic. And oh we've my got God. the creepy guy in the library just looking up at the camera going, <laughs> and then he says, tomatoes. And everybody freaks out and runs out. <laughs> One guy later. dies in the I background. Know. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a guy just dies on a heart serious? attack. Yeah. Oh my God. It's hilarious. How many people will these tomatoes take from us? <laughs> I mean, not all of these tiny little scenes work, but this is one that really does. Yeah, some I love of them it. do not land. All right. So then Mason gets tomato trapped in an alley, but the tomato backs off and he doesn't know why. Oh, yes. But, but we will find there out. There is why. a certain song playing on the radio that may or may not be a love song for someone who is 13. What? Is it's that called, what it's about? It's called Puberty Love. What did you think it was about? Two adolescents in love? <laughs> oh my God. So now we're in the tiny. Me <laughs> You're right to just move on from that, Jen. <laughs> so now we're in the tiny meeting room again, and Mason's talking to everybody. Oh, yeah, whatever. but they're trying to figure out exactly why the tomatoes backed off. Right. Because he was as good as dead. Right, exactly. <laughs> that tomato trapped him in that alley, Yeah, man. he was screwed. Mm -hmm. All right, so now Lois is still stalking the parachute man. She's trying to stalk Mason Dixon, but she can't find him. Right. So she's stalking the parachute man because she knows he's his, like, second command. Right, like, yeah. Yeah. And so they sit down and they have this... <laughs> I love the phone call scene. They have the phone call it's scene, It's really yeah. well done. Like, the movie's not great, but they do have some pretty pretty good moments, and uh -huh. this is one of them. Yeah. Jim Parachute, which I believe is how he pronounces his uh -huh. Thing. Parachute a. of the New England parachute. Yes, days. naturally. Yes. Uh, it's an old moneyed family. It is. Yes. Uh, he sits down and calls Mason Dixon and the reporter calls her editor in chief mm -hmm. or should I say editor in chief. And uh -huh. he is like the, they're harassing having, her over the phone. Yeah, but it's like they're having the same conversation. Jim and Mason and uh, Lois and her editor are having like the same conversation. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I thought so too because it's like, yeah. It's, it's worth watching. seeing. Like this whole movie's worth seeing. It's not a good movie, but it's definitely one you should see. Is it? Yes. <laughs> if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. Her boss is talking her into seducing Parachute Man. Yes. And so I wrote, oh. boss wants her to seduce Parachute Man. And then I wrote, and she does, because yes. she does it. And she wants this promotion, Jen. She does not seduce him. No. She attempts to seduce him by, as he walks by, saying, do you want to go to bed? And he says, oh, pardon me, I have to go to bed. 
<laughs> and then guess what he does? He goes, he goes to bed. He does. And yeah. she just follows, follows him up to the room. the room. But it takes him so long to get his parachute off that she just kind of stares at him like, what are no, we doing this thing? she goes to the bed and then like cringes and lays down on it. I She's wrote gonna... down that she lays down on the bed and resigns herself to the patriarchy. To patriarchy. <laughs> But that's not what happens. She gets up and walks around. No, no, because Jim, he's still struggling with he's the parachute. He's taking too long. I don't think he knows she's there for <laughs> sex. He yeah, doesn't. I, I don't think he knows she's there at all because she. No. he sees her and he goes, spy. Yeah, and he like attacks her with the sword. And then attacks sword. her with the sword. And then she just runs. Somehow she's wearing something different now. And she runs screaming down the hallway past yeah, Mason. Yeah, while Mason walks in. I think. I don't, but see, I don't think Jim thinks she's there for sex. I think he's trying to get into bed and doesn't even notice her laying in the bed. And then yeah. because he's taking too long, she walks out to the front room and that's when he calls her a spy. And then he mm-hmm. like attacks her, chases her around the room, cut to Mason in the hallway, walking in. And then you see Lois walking out or running, running out screaming, screaming in just her slip. Right. And that's almost the last time you see her in the right. movie. <laughs> all right. Oh, but in the midst of all of that, there's somebody randomly shooting people on a sidewalk. Oh, my no, God. No. That scene was hilarious. <laughs> out of nowhere. Because they're in San Diego. He's walking by the Star of India, which is like this famous ship that's in the harbor. And like this guy is shooting. And every time someone walks in front of Mason Dixon, he shoots and kills that person. So he shoots three people dead, all trying to kill Mason Dixon. It's hilarious. Mason never notices that he's trying to be someone's trying to. Yeah, he has no idea. Murder. It's something. <laughs> so like, what is this? Did we mention that the master of disguise had become one with the tomatoes? Oh yeah. Oh my God. No, we didn't mention <laughs> no, that. Mason was like, I don't know, just like go dress up and be a tomato. Try to infiltrate like, the tomatoes. Yeah. So he's sitting around the campfire with the tomatoes, wearing his fruit of the loom tomato costume. <laughs> he does look like he's trying to sell underwear. Yeah. And the tomatoes ask themselves if they want dark meat and then start talking about his body parts that they're going to eat. And this is when he starts to realize that they might be on to him. Yes. And then we leave him in that peril for another part of the story. All right. So then we're at some kind of army base and they're crossing the states off of the map because the tomatoes have just decimated these states. And then this is when they get a call and say, no, not Alabama or whatever. (laughs) And then they stand up and cross out Alabama on the map, which was was like the only state that didn't have a cross on it. Right. I think so it was actually Arkansas, but. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Alabama's sorry. the song from later. Yeah. And oh, they, they gave it back right. or something. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So Mason Dixon and Parachute Man are getting shot at. So we're back to this guy trying to shoot. And then. And then it's the longest chase scene ever where Jim, the parachute, runs after him holding a parachute. Yeah. And then he's like running over a giant bo- stack of pallets instead of running right next to it on the regular ground. Yeah, that's why it's, it's funny. It's a comically long chase scene. It's funny to a point, but stops getting funny well before it ends. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because like then... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so then they get to the train tracks and Yeah, the guy in the balaclava yeah. pulls a gun on Jim who like just raises just, his hand. Instead of trying to move away from the gun, just like freezes. Or get behind the pole that's right behind right. him. This and then a train goes by and kind of in between them and then the guy in the balaclava runs off. Right, Jim can't figure out where he went. But Jim doesn't run off, he just stays there with his hands up. Yeah, and he's like, well, Well, Jim's an idiot. (laughs) Okay, I wrote down, disguise guy seals his fate by asking for ketchup. (laughs) Yeah, And then smashes a Twinkie in his forehead. I think it was a hot dog. Oh, okay. I think it was a hot dog, so he he asked for ketchup. (laughs) It was just straight up people. So he asked for ketchup, and he's like, oh, no! And then I guess he dies. I guess he gets killed. Yeah, I think that's the last time we see him. Yeah. 
Okay, and so then the army men are speculating about what the tomatoes are thinking right now and how they're going to do this. And then they start singing and like an empty chairs at empty tables oh kind of God. song. You're going to bring Lamez into this? I love empty chairs and empty do tables. Too. Marius is amazing. Yeah, he is. That's Ugh, a sad I song. I cry every time. But in this song, too. they do say they took Alabama and then they gave it back. Yeah, it's topical and funny. It is. <laughs> He like unbuttons his shirt all the way down and then starts doing this sexy, horrible 70s dance. Because it's empty chairs and empty tables and then quickly turns into showgirls. Yeah. Only noncommittal, sad showgirls. Yeah. Oh, that's the kind of showgirls I'm into. Like, it's like showgirls going to war. It's like a USO showgirls. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those cutaway scenes that doesn't land. It didn't land for me, but. Yep. So now we got the big tomato battle scene. There's a tank in this scene. Yeah. We got shotgun shooting at tomatoes we got people getting tomatoes squished against garages because their shotgun they didn't reload that it was in the time. major he was in charge of the whole army i know so now what are they gonna do yeah the tomatoes fucked up that city man they did tomatoes oh, yeah. are raping people the, the news movie. said that the tomatoes were raping pillaging. we don't see it well we don't see any of the deaths either well, that's true so i'm grateful we didn't see a tomato rape okay so then we cut to the morning after <laughs> Oh, my God. The morning after the fight scene between the tomatoes, not the morning after anything else. Right. In yes. case that's out there. Don't get confused. All right. So now we've got our newsman interviewing a woman. And I thought that she was going to be someone who had been raped by a tomato. Oh, God. But it's only someone whose husband is missing. This right. is my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, Mikey, take it. Okay. They're interviewing her and the reporter's like, can I interview for a second? And she's like, my husband was murdered. I think it's just missing, but yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's probably dead. (laughs) You know, you'll have to find love again. Do you think you'll ever marry again? You're no spring chicken. (laughs) You'll have to find another man soon, you know, and like grabbing her and she starts sobbing. He's like, please just leave me alone. He's like, he could be an invalid. Would you still love him? (laughs) He's like shaking her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I hate you. Please stop asking these questions. <laughs> and it's like, it's just focusing on Mason Dixon, like figuring stuff out in the background. Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. Uh, All right. So now Mason is on the case and he tracks a trail of tomato juice and the tomato starts to roll after him and chases him up some stairs into some apartment where a kid is sitting by the window listening to puberty love, oblivious of everything that's going on around him. Doesn't even notice a strange man has entered his room. Yeah. And a tomato. And a strange tomato. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. That probably would be the stranger thing. (laughs) Now that I think about it. All right. So then the tomato tomatoes out the window and I guess splats. Well, yeah, it jumps out the window because because puberty, puberty love. love is playing, and this yeah. is when we start to put two and two together. Oh yeah! All right, so then Mason looks out the window and he sees Belaclaw, a shooter man, shooting at a car or no, something. No, no, no. He's, he's trying to cut his brake line. Yeah, he's something. trying to like oh. sabotage their car, and so he runs down, pulls parachute man out of the car whose parachute gets stuck in the door that Mason Dixon goes in and closes and drives after this dude. Yeah. And then he starts pulling Jim the parachute down the highway as he's chasing the belly clava dude. But both the cars break down simultaneously. What is going on They shoot no each other's cars and then they break down. Wait, what? They both fire guns at each other's cars. Oh, and that's why? Yeah. It's like the slowest car chase scene and at one so point... So slow that Jim can get up and pull the car that they're driving <laughs> to make it go faster to help catch up to right. the belly clava dude. And so then Mason gets out of his car and just runs over with his gun and is about to shoot dude. Oh, yeah. But then his car rolls up and knocks him over. 
and knocks him out. Yeah. Sabotaged by his own car. <laughs> Learn how to use a parking brake, you moron. Now we find out the shooter was the Charles Grodin press secretary the whole time. He was the villain. Yes. yes. And then we get a James Bond villain style monologue about what the plan was. Although not. The whole plot of the movie was somehow he made all the tomatoes evil to destroy everybody so he could take over the government. Yeah, because he's this, tired of all the questions. Yeah, he, he wants, wants to, to ask the questions. Yeah, he wants <laughs> to be the one asking the questions. But he doesn't explain how he turned the tomatoes sentient yeah. or how they're on his side. We figure that out. Do we? Yeah, because when it says that songs control him, he has a bunch of records in his place. Oh. 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 So puberty love only destroys them. Yes. There are other songs that like control them, question mark? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and so he hands uh, him this tomato and we think he's about to kill him. He's like, no, no, no. It's from my garden. It's, my it's perfectly garden. safe. He's holding a gun on Mason Dixon mm -hmm. and Mason's like, you failed three times before. I don't, I don't think, think you, you have can it. kill a man. Yeah, I don't think you can kill a man. And then the press secretary is like, you may be right. I may not be able to kill a man. UPS. So then the UPS guy opens <laughs> the door. What you think is going to be like. I, I thought it was going to be disguise guy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be disguise guy too. Or a tomato. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Or, or parachute guy. Yeah, yeah. Any of those options. But no, a UPS man comes to the door and then the guy shoots him. It, but anyway, right. so he then turns back to uh, Mason Dixon and is like, well, I guess I killed that guy. So right. I'll definitely kill you. And then parachute Jim to the rescue. Yes. He runs in there and stabs the press secretary. Yes, with his sword. Which you don't really see. No, you see, ah, and you see him running at a sword, and they edit it cleverly. Well, they just show him from, like, the shoulders up, and it looks like he's stabbing him in the right. stomach. Uh, the implication is that he got samurai sworded to death. Right. All right, and then Mason almost shoots him, and it's really weird. Yeah, I don't understand why Mason because, has a gun Because out. he's about to reveal how he controls the tomatoes, and then parachute guy stabs him and the whole time Mason had a gun in his hand in his pocket oh like, I'm gonna kill you Jim parachute guy yeah because Jim parachute guy is just the worst Mason's just tired of dealing with it yes. he's really dumb but then he sees all the records on the floor and then figures it all out yeah he yeah. figures out at least puberty love I don't know if he figures out how to control them but well, he, he, he says go gather everyone up in San Diego and then he's like no one would be left but like crazy people and he's like even all better yes I don't understand why he had to bring everyone there like what was the point of having everyone in the he stadium? needed an army Top. Or yeah. just because he wanted, oh, because he needed them to trample the oh, yeah. shrunken down tomatoes. I get it. Okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great plan. They're going to make some marinara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they take to the streets and we get the furniture store ad again. Yes. Although yes. this time the subtitle guys are getting attacked by the tomatoes. And too. they're writing it out. <laughs> yeah. Help, help. Ah! Yeah, which felt to me like a joke from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. Yeah, this I liked this one a little bit. I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked it. All right, so we see all of these people wearing these bonkers costumes. Like we have Leatherface. Mm -hmm. We have the San Diego chicken, we which do. I didn't even know was a thing until Jen brought it up. Mm -hmm. We have someone dressed as like a member of the Kiss Army. Yeah, we have Miss Potato Famine of 1970 like, <laughs> or something. 1922, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. She had a credit in the opening credits, she too. She did, yeah. I know. Oh my God. And I thought she was going to be a lot younger. <laughs> No, it was 1922. Yeah, she was going to be old. Yeah. We're talking about killing the tomatoes by playing puberty love. Yes. So this is the key to tomatoes undoing. Yeah, to catch you up with the plot. Ketchup is a pun. I got it. <laughs>
Welcome back to Mikey Explains Joe. <laughs> so anyway, they bring all these people to San Diego Stadium, which mm-hmm. I used to live really close to. And I saw Guns N' Roses at. And somehow didn't know what the San Diego chicken was, though. That's because the San Diego chicken isn't a thing anymore. So the way that they kill these tomatoes is they run uphill playing Puberty Love for a long time. And then they squash the tomatoes that are now little. Because it shrinks them down. Yeah. And to- it rem- a more manageable side. Right. I think. It doesn't explain any of this. No. I no. mean, yeah, it's killer tomatoes. I would have loved to have been there on that day because it's just like some poor intern just like laid out a thousand tomatoes and then everyone in San Diego who was insane and unemployed running through a parking lot crushing tomatoes. Yeah. All right. So we think the threat has been eliminated. eliminated. Yeah, we think we're good. Until we see Lois Lane screaming in a corner. But tomato. No. <laughs> Oh my god. There's one left. Oh my god. (laughs) And it defeated the puberty love song by the power of earmuffs. Through the power of toilet seat earmuffs. Toilet seat earmuffs, yes. They were clearly toilet seats. With the rope in the middle of them, yes. This movie's so bad. Never fear, because Mason has a plan. He has the sheet music to puberty love. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And so that's how he defeats him. He just slowly walks it up to him. And then the I tomato. I can't believe the tomato can A, read music. I B, know. can't not hear the song in his tomato head. Right. Anyway, so it shrinks him down. And doesn't understand looking away, but was able Where to make his earmuffs for himself. The tomato doesn't have eyes. <laughs> exactly. That's also true. People. He is literally a balloon on an RC car and we're shaming him. Who made the earmuffs for him? Oh, I bet the press secretary. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh, it must have been the press secretary. It must have been. All right, so he shrinks Who down. Who had access to toilet seats? I know. <laughs> it was full of shit. Wow. <laughs> So Mason kills him with the sheet music to puberty love. And then, <laughs> so now that they've eliminated this threat, Mason oh and God. Lois go out into the stadium. And this is just bizarre because they're walking away. And then they say, Mason, Lois. Like they're reconnecting after years and years and years of being apart. Yeah. Meanwhile, they've had like 20 scenes together up to this point. Right. And looking for love. she knows his full name while she's looking for him. Right. She should know Mason Dixon is this person that she was long lost in love with. And don't you think they would describe him as four feet tall? Because that's a pretty distinguishing characteristic. Oh, speaking of his stature, as they run towards each other after the Mason... Lois? And at one point they forget and say the wrong names. Oh yeah, she says Lois and he, he says, says Mason. Mason. Mm-hmm. And then they run at each other and Mason jumps into her arms <laughs> and she carries him like it ain't no thing. Somehow gonna, doesn't fall over. I'm not no. Gonna lie to you guys, that sounds pretty nice. I want somebody to pick me up. Carry me over the threshold. Oh, I'll pick you up, Mikey. I don't want you to do it. Alright. <laughs> and so then they start singing the song and it might as well be the song from uh, Robin Hood Men and Tights where they're singing about being in love with each other. Yeah, and and, um, and it's like, when I first met you, I couldn't stand you. And then she says, like, I felt your little nose on my knee. Because he's so short. <laughs> yeah. They are leaning into this. He's short joke. But he yeah, is. He is. Yeah. And it's she's pretty ridiculous. tall. And then at one point, they're singing the wrong part. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Happy Gilmore rips this part off. The my love, my love, my <laughs> Endless love. Like they rip off that part where he, like it's the guy who was like running the ice rink is singing the mm-hmm. girl's part because you realize that Mason's been singing the girl's part and Lois has been singing the guy's part. It's ridiculous. And so then they're in love and they just walk off into a field in the sunset. 
And we think two it's jungle over. noises, and it's just like grass. <laughs> it's not even the woods, but you hear like jungle music, That's like all they can get the right. to start talking about, you know, bare necessity. Oh yeah, they're whatever. about to get into some bare necessity. <laughs> the camera pans up to the sun, and then down to another garden. Oh yeah, and then Karen. A carrot pops up. And he says, I think we're alone now. <laughs> and starts singing a <laughs> Tiffany song? I mean, it might as well have happened. Well, that's true. But <laughs> Tiffany was like seven or eight years after this. But he does say like, oh, I can't believe all those guys are gone. Yeah. And that's the movie. And that's the movie. <laughs> So with that being the movie, let's talk final thoughts. I loved this movie. <laughs> it's insane. And I'll say it's not as good as House 2, but it is sort of like House 2. What film is good as House 2? There is no movie as All good as House 2. Are- <laughs> That's not true, Jim. You're right. I did like House, House 2. House 2 is amazing. This movie's not amazing, but it is one you should watch because it's insane. And it's funny. Like, there are genuine funny parts. There are some yeah. misses. It's sort of like watching Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Not every sketch hits for me, but it's worth watching. I'd say and it's about this 50-50. The same. Yeah. I see why I liked it as a kid because oh, there yeah. was no romantic subplot until the very end. There was a lot of army stuff where they shoot at tomatoes, which I liked as a kid. Yeah, because fuck tomatoes. And <laughs> I didn't. What are you, a fruit or a vegetable? <laughs> and I didn't get all the racist jokes. <laughs> I didn't get all the racist jokes. So I didn't really see a negative back then. Right. And I now I understand why my grandmother was like, oh my God, what is wrong with my grandson? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Jen, what did you Ooh, think? Well, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was not. I mean, it is what it is. It's a so bad it's okay movie. Yeah. There were yeah. parts that were entertaining. Yeah, I feel like it's in the vein of House 2 because it's so bad it's worth watching. But this is not as good as House 2. Like, yes. House 2 is so good, you have to see it. It's amazing. This movie's so good, you can get through it. And I think or so of, bad, you can get through it. And I think some of the difference between the quality of this movie and the quality of House 2 is budget. And I think, mm, like, yeah. know-how of, like, filmmaking know-how, yeah. um, acting. Like, I think there's just a lot of technical things and immature writing that makes this movie lesser quality. But it's got the bones of You're that. Right. House 2 is like Citizen Kane of... Of So Bad It's Good. So Bad It's Good. I'll give it that. Both of those movies. I did not. I would rather watch this than like Slender Man that's not anything that falls in that middle category you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, there's got to be a name for that because there are movies that aim to be good and are good. There are movies that aim to be good and miss that and are not worth watching. And then there are those movies that are just so bad that they're definitely worth watching. Right. So there's got to be a name for that middle section of movies that just mediocre. Suck. Yeah, mediocre, yeah, not boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this script or this idea in the hands of someone who could make it with a bigger budget and with a little bit more know-how would have been great. I, I don't know. I feel like the script needed to be worked on, too. It wasn't just shooting it. And it yeah, was and like let's that. take but some yeah. of the racism out, too. Well, I feel like that's I bet that of the time. was really good back in the day. I bet he got a lot of laughs from that, but now it does not hold up. I it think some people up. probably laughed at it. I mean, there are... Okay, so there's a TV show <laughs> called Police Squad. It actually became the Naked Gun movies, right? <laughs> so Police Squad was hilarious, but it's very much of the time, and there are jokes that would not play now. Right. But, I mean, I do feel like that joke would have been, I bet it got a lot of laughs in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't today. No. Yeah, because there's probably a more diverse crowd in the theater. That's probably fair, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's do box office. So this movie, <laughs> you may be surprised to learn, was filmed for a budget of $100,000. <laughs> That's like $20 million, though, in 70s dollars. That's true, because it's before Reaganomics fucked up America. <laughs> um, and it made about $530,000 in the box office. So it did make money, which I don't know how it did that, but it did make money. There and was honestly, a lot to do back then. It's, this franchise has made a lot of money. Because it's it, they had many sequels, they had a cartoon, so they made money on this uh, intellectual property. And it's just bonkers. It is. Yeah, it three is. sequels by the same team that made this. Yes, three. Yeah, there's four movies. One of them yeah. with George Clooney. Yeah, That's his I got first it. film. That's the yeah. next sequel. All right, well, let, let's get into your fun facts then. Okay, so that's fun facts. Now mm-hmm. with more fun. All right, so I already talked about this real helicopter crash. Oh, that's um, a cool fact. Um, the Return of the Killer Tomatoes is the sequel. Yes. And it's set 10 years later. And somebody- I bet I know what the theme song sounds like. Return <laughs> of the Killer Tomatoes. And it does have George Clooney in it. And I don't know if it was a, his first, but it was one of his first credits. I believe it's about how they make tomato people. Oh, man. We've got to <laughs> see this movie. Yeah. Someone responded on, uh, I think it was Instagram when we posted about this movie tonight, saying that, the second movie's his favorite, but the first movie's definitely better. <laughs> I thought that was fun. That's a good way to describe movies yeah, I like this. I can't yeah. remember who said that, and I'm sorry I, I can't shout you out, but that was, it made me laugh. I liked it. There, we talked about, there was a 1990s cartoon. We can skip that. There was also a novel, which was what? Attack of the Killer Potatoes, 1997, that's loosely connected. Is it on Audible? No, I checked. <laughs> I was going to recommend it, but no, it's not. And there was a comic book and video games. So there's what? an eight bit and nintendo video game attack of the killer tomatoes oh my god all right so the tomatoes were made out of foam and if you notice in the credits there's a guy who was like head tomato maker yeah i saw that um okay the fountain scene with the scuba diver with the scuba diver they didn't have a permit to do that oh my god so they god. just showed up at a fountain and started filming this guy swimming around it in a scuba suit oh, that's why those people look so surprised i know oh my god <laughs> they're probably just regular people <laughs> they did this renegade style right that's awesome most of the cast it was their first film and really? several never acted again. Yes. <laughs> also, this was mostly financed by relatives and friends of the filmmaker. <laughs> that does not at all surprise me. Oh, my God. But honestly, they made money. The it dude did. made money on this film. Can you imagine his smug face when he goes and pays back his uncle? They def- that uncle definitely had tomato on his He's face. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So I think we got to do scary scale. Um, yes. And but first I will say, I mean, we got to do it for the pod, bro. There's an oral history of this movie oh, that yeah, I did is. not get a chance. <laughs> I did not get a chance to read, but I'll link it. All right. Scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is. I a- like how every time you do the scary scale, you say, hey, listeners. <laughs> I know. I got my little spiel. Do it. Hey, listeners, our scary scale. <laughs> I love it. Um, our scary scale is a way that we rank the scariness of the movies that we watch each week. Um, it's not the quality of the film. It is how scared we were when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Todd, how scared were you when you watched this movie? Because you run your scary scale like Leslie Nope runs campaigns. Yes, I do. You can't go negative. I'm going to give it a one. But it's not at all scary. I give it a one, too. Too, Wait, that's a 12. That's not- <laughs> you gave it a 12? No. Wow. I gave it a one as well. Oh, oh okay. Also, um, I'm going to give it a one too. That's a 12, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Have I learned 
nothing. <laughs> I'm going to give it a one also. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. So it's a ones all the way around. That's not surprising no. at all. Let me ask this, though. Do you recommend that people watch this movie? Yes, because if you watch this with friends or like at a party. Exactly. Yeah, it's really, it's it's funny. This is not a movie you should sit down and watch by yourself. This is a movie you should have people over or watch in the Facebook group and just make fun of it together. It's right. really silly. Yeah, right, it and really it's a spoof. Like, it's it meant to be. Just yeah. curl up on the couch and watch a silly movie. It's, yeah, and make fun of it and for. have a good time. Enjoy your life, you freaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not quite to, like, I feel like with House 2, there weren't really parts that I got bored with, but there were, I did get a little bored yes, in this there one. Are, and yeah. that's, that's when you needed to rely on your friends to help you make exactly. fun of Exactly, it is yeah. just uneven. Yeah. House 2 you can watch by yourself. Yeah, so one's all around. That's not a knock to the movie. All right. No, I, I honestly would watch it again. It's pretty funny. It's well, ridiculous, though. I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. Well, I may never watch it again either, yeah. but this week you did make me watch it, so what are you guys making me watch next week? We are watching an oft-requested movie next week. I'm so excited. We are watching Alien. Oh, I'm so excited. Have you seen it? I have not seen Alien, no. Oh I know a lot it about it, and I know it's been referenced a lot in pop culture, mm-hmm. so I know things from it, Yeah, but I haven't seen it. This movie got me a lot of science fiction, uh, but it's also, it's probably one of the scariest movies. Yeah, we're excited. I mean, we'll see. I'll I don't have my know. thoughts next week. <laughs> yeah. So not Aliens, it's Alien. Yes. Okay. <laughs> not quite two Aliens uh, dollar With a dollar sign, sign. Yeah. right. Although we are going to have to talk about that. I'm sure we do. Because that is the birth of that joke. All right. So watch Alien. If you don't have access to Alien, check out our Facebook group because Emmy, who's awesome, hosts two separate watch-alongs where you get to just kind of make little comments. And we posted one of um, the Amityville Horror they posted an oh, image the of it. The of them talking in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, every time, ta- every answer was, "Well, you could do it in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> and like, like three people simultaneously posted that. Yeah. yeah, you should check it out. It's really fun. We do get emails. We just never read them on the podcast. But I like until this one. today. Yeah, I like this one. So I wanted to read it today. So this letter comes to us from Chrissy. Chrissy J. Hey, Chrissy J. Hey, her, Chrissy J. That's her rap name. She says, hey guys, I'm sitting at work aimlessly looking at what podcasts are coming to Portland, Oregon live. And I'm itching to see you guys in person one day. Man, we, I love doing live shows too. I read that as Portland or live. This is what I read. I know. <laughs> Imagine that. Jen taking things out of context. <laughs> I am itching to see you guys in person one day. I'd love finally that. finally decide yeah. to, you know. Get off your couch, which I take a little personal because I'm the only one who sits on the couch. Exactly. Team chair. Team chair, mother. (laughs) I've had pneumonia, Chrissy J. (laughs) I can't. We love you, Chrissy J. I was going to (laughs) die. I mean, maybe if I wasn't treated like after a few weeks. I don't know. Who, I'm not a doctor. Everything's not an insult, Mike. Can move <laughs> right. on. Yes, it is. I just wanted to send some extra love and note how much I love the show. Aww. Oh, thanks. It scared me into watching Sinister again oh. after promising <laughs> that I love myself enough never to have to hurt myself like that again. <laughs> and yet here I am hurting again because I enjoyed the episode so much. Aww. I actually got this speech when I got back together with somebody. Let it sink in. It'll be funny later. <laughs> Here's to years of growth and laughter and ruining Todd's life, which is a toast I will carry on with me. I cannot wait to one day go to a live show. Much love, Chrissy. Also, it's my dear friend Pam's birthday soon. Hey, Pam. Happy birthday, birthday. She was the one who brought up this podcast over breakfast one day. Wait. And I... Hmm. How close of a friend is Pam if you're having breakfast together? She's probably like her parachute gym. (laughs) Pam's like, get out. I have a phone call. I got to go. 
and I reluctantly gave it a shot. Give it up to the fans that force friends to fall in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank well, you thank so, you so much, much Chrissy. Chrissy Jay. That's oh, super sweet. That was awesome. Thank yeah. you for the super sweet email. We appreciate it. Send us more, please. We also got another email from someone who sent us screenshots of the Baba Duck book. They were a Patreon person who got that movie funded. That book looks legit. It really does. It looks really cool. We can post pictures of it. They gave us permission to, so we should do that. Yeah, we will. We may have already. Check mm-hmm. us out on socials for those pictures. It's at Horror Virgin on all the socials. Jen is at Jen Ferratu. Mikey is at M Randolph twenty four. And, anonymous, right? Because he's trying to hide who is who in plain really sight. Is. Are you a master of disguise too? Yes, I'm. You're free, <laughs> and I am at Tajay Awesome. Obviously, you can check us out on the website at horrorvirgin.com. You'll see Jen's blog there, and maybe some blogs well, from oh, Mikey yeah, too I'm about almost, it. I'm 300 pages into it. You can also find the link to our merch store on the site. Patreon is patreon.com/slash/horrorvirgin. We really appreciate those who can help monetarily support the podcast. Right now, we're using all that money to help us eventually buy better sound gear so you get better sound. Yeah. So if so you can help mics. us in that endeavor, please do. But if you can't afford to financially support us, just please continue telling your friends and family about it like over Pam breakfast. did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, over breakfast like <laughs> Pam did. Happy birthday, Pam. Happy and birthday. Uh, Chrissy, thanks for telling us about that. Oh, we're a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. If you want to check out Modern Horrors, please do. They'll start doing podcasts of eventually <laughs> again. <laughs> they're and, working on God Gundry right yeah, now, and I think really they're going busy. all I mean, it only took them three weeks. I'm sure they'll be back. You can also hear the final girls and on death, dying and other things. Mm -hmm. And of course, our podcast is in that feed. But if you listen to us in their feed, you're getting us two days later than you could if you subscribed on our feed. So check us out there. Join. Join our Facebook group. Don't even check it out. Guys, join the Facebook group so you can get in on all the action going on there. There's a lot of sort of content that's only there. It's only on Facebook in the Facebook group. We talk there pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's great. I What's love the it. question you put for it? We're afraid of bots joining the group because mm-hmm. that's been a problem on Facebook. We added a question and the question was just, what's your favorite catchphrase from the show? Oh, fun. So can I've we been, see the answers? Yeah. We've been getting a lot of people who were like, you can get it. <laughs> or <laughs> nice. like, um, you know, nailed it or burn it down or stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's been pretty fun to see people's reactions or responses to that. One of them just put, I really like them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, bot. Which I like. Yeah, we definitely like that person in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty much join the Facebook group. That's where you can watch the watch parties that Emmy hosts and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a lot question of, fun. of the day. It's yeah, fun. It's a lot People of fun. Post some funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this was a fun one. That's going to be it. For- <laughs> that did not sound convincing at all. <laughs> this was you- a fun one. <laughs> but I'm going to need you to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of my pod loft. <laughs> Woo. Make sure you watch Alien for next week. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys had fun watching this with us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Have a great week and Monday. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Calendars are hard, man. Nerds. Because it's coming out on Monday. We get it, Mikey.